Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Being You. Today, I want to give you a couple of updates, um, and then we're going to kind of dive in after that. So for those of you guys that have already signed up for my e-newsletter, you have already gotten to see a preview of my upcoming book and the title and the cover. And that is so exciting to me to get to share that with you guys. Thank you for those of you guys that replied back and let me know what you thought about it. This book has been in the works for a long time, and it's been in my heart for a long time as well. So if you are not familiar or you're listening for the first time, I have a book that is about to come out in the next few weeks. Hopefully, we're going to be able to launch the pre-order. And the book is called Goodness Culture, Recovering the Essence of Eden. And this book is really all about exploring what that what existed in Eden and how that can still be available to us today. I actually think in light of all the current events that are going on, this book is perfectly timed. I didn't uh, mean it to be, but I think it is what God is trying to do on the earth. And I hope you guys will plan on purchasing a copy. So I am excited to let you know that the way we're going to release this book, and it is a little bit different, a little unconventional, I know, but we're going to release this book exclusively for the first couple of months on my website, www.rachelwartman.com. And uh, that's going to be the only place you can buy it for a little while. It will eventually be on Amazon and other places, but that's where we're going to start. And I'm excited about that um, for a couple of reasons. But what that means is we're going to be including free shipping for you because I know that's one of the main draws, at least for me, we're Amazon Prime people. And so I love buying books on Amazon because I don't have to pay the shipping. So we're going to take care of the shipping for you and you won't have to worry about that. So I will be releasing pre-order information very soon, but it'll go first to those of you guys who are already subscribed to the newsletter. So if you have not done that, man, it would mean so much to me if you would just jump over to rachelwortman.com, R-A-C-H-E-L-W-O-R-T-M-A-N. And right on the very front of the home screen, there is a button where you can click to sign up for the newsletter. I have been told that it does not give you a confirmation when you did sign up, um, but it does send the emails into our system to get you added to the newsletter. So I'm really excited about that. I'm going to be starting to send out monthly and sometimes bi-monthly deep thoughts and sort of uh, more content in this type of way, you know, same style that we do on the podcast, but be able to deliver it in writing writing a little bit as well. So I'm excited to see um, what's going to happen with that. So that being said, if you're not already on the newsletter list, please do me a favor and jump on there. But let's dive into today's topic. I want to talk a little bit um, just barely about current events, but primarily about prayer today. And I don't know about you, but everything that's going on with Ukraine and Russia has me at times sort of fighting that feeling like, do our prayers, you know, make a difference? And I want to say up front that I actually know our prayers make a difference. I fundamentally believe that. And even being the kind of person who believes in the power of prayer, it can feel at times like prayer is not enough, 
right? Like how can my faithful prayers really change the outcome of an impending world war? How is my one focused prayer going to make a difference in, you know, the global spectrum of the world? And I want to say to you, if you have ever felt that way, if you have felt intimidated by the, the magnitude of what needs prayer in your life, this episode of the podcast is for you. Here's the God's honest truth. Everything in the world begins and ends with prayer. It's essentially like Jesus, uh, God creating the world, right? He spoke the world into existence. When we pray, uh, just go with me on this metaphor here for a second. When we pray, it is like we are speaking the will of God into existence in the world. Now, semantics and some people would say, well, that's what's happening when you decree or you declare, you know, or we could get very ultra specific biblically in that. But I want to just say in the general sense that when we speak our prayers out loud, we are calling the world into alignment with the kingdom of God. And there is power in you doing that. And there is tremendous power in all of us doing that together. I don't know if you've ever heard this quote. I love this quote. It says, history belongs to the intercessors. Essentially, what this quote is saying is that prayer is what moves history along. Prayer is, you know, whether things went well or not well, we could probably pin down to the power of the prayers of the saints. What do I mean by saints? I mean those who are in Christ Jesus. Friends, I want to encourage you that the world needs our prayers, Now, what I'm not saying is that the world needs you to carry this, you know, global burden on your back um, and, and in this way that is just wearing you out and spreading you thin and making you feel like, you know, if you don't pray in every second of the day, uh, the fate of the world is on your shoulders. That's not actually what the Bible invites us into with prayer. On the flip side of that, I think sometimes we sense that sort of the fate of the world is on my shoulders feeling and we swing to the other side and we just kind of feel like, you know, I don't know if anything I'm praying is making a difference. Here I am for me, I'm sitting in Oklahoma City and I'm praying, Lord, let your will be done in Ukraine. And I I will never see the fruit of that prayer, right? I don't know how to even track the fruit of that prayer. And it can feel very hopeless. It can feel very empty. It can feel like you're just saying, you know, niceties into the air and not really sure what's going to happen. And I want to clarify that for you today. So we're going to use the the situation with Ukraine, if you're watching this in real time, um, and as Russia has just begun to invade Ukraine, we're going to use that as an example. But I'm telling you that what we're talking about today can apply to any situation that you feel overwhelmed by in your life. There is power in your prayers. You know, there are are so many scriptures that point to prayer, and I want to talk about a couple of them today. We could spend all day really diving into what does the Bible say about prayer. One that I like to think of a lot is that I believe it's 1 Timothy, right, where it says that the, the prayers of the saints are powerful and effective, the prayers of the saints, maybe maybe it's not First Timothy, I'll have to look that up for you, but the prayers of the saints are powerful and effective. What does that mean? That means when you and I pray, it is powerful. It moves things. It changes things. And when we pray the will of God, we are bringing heaven to earth. And that is exactly what Jesus told us to do. 
The disciples were trying to figure out why it was that Jesus was so successful, that things that he would pray for would happen, that, that he carried this sort of super juice from the outside looking in, right, which we now know is the Holy Spirit. But he carried this sort of super juice, and they were trying to figure out, how do you do this? They said, teach us to pray. And Jesus set them down, and he said, if you're going to pray, pray like this, our Father who is in heaven, Holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He goes on to pray some incredible things as well. On earth as it is in heaven. See, fundamentally, Jesus is telling us that what happens on the earth is not always what heaven wants. What is happening on the earth is not always heaven's agenda. It is not always God's design. God is not in control of everything that happens on this earth. Yes, he is faithful. Yes, he is capable. Yes, he can work all things out for good. But that takes time. And that's only if you finish reading that verse for those who are in Christ Jesus. When we pray and we partner with heaven and we pray the things that are on God's heart, in other words, that that the will of, of God would be done, right? That as it is in heaven. When we pray that way, we side with God and his heart and we become a conduit, a vessel and a, a sort of... A, the hands and feet, I know I hate that cliche, but it's the only one coming to mind. The hands and feet of Jesus in this present hour. Friends, we cannot neglect the power of prayer. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I can just sort of throw up one prayer and that's fine, right? That's enough, right? Oh God, would you help me with this? But the thing about prayer and the invitation to pray is that we would come into a couple of things. Number one, we would come into the understanding of what it is that God is wanting to do. See, prayer is not just saying words over and over again. Prayer is not just begging God for a specific outcome. Prayer is communion with the Holy Spirit and yielding to the way that he wants us to live, to be, to to speak into existence. So let's just use Ukraine, for example. We are not just praying, God, would you bring peace to Ukraine? We are praying that the will of God would come to pass. We are praying because we know Ephesians tells us that that we don't battle against flesh and blood. Ukrainians and Russians are not battling just against their own physical bodies. They are battling against the rulers and the principalities and the powers that would be in the spiritual heavens that want to bring destruction onto the earth. What did Jesus say, right? The thief comes, the enemy comes to do what? To steal, steal, kill, and destroy, to tear down, not just lives, but buildings, systems, government and structures. When we pray, we are communing with God so that we pray what is on his heart. How, How do we know? How do we know if what I'm hearing is actually what's on God's heart? Well, we hear in the context of community, right? We pray according to what those around us are hearing as well. So we don't just think about it. We don't just wish for it. It is true. Sometimes the Holy Spirit prays through us with, what what does the scripture say? With groans, right? With groanings. And sometimes it is true that intercession can be without words. It can be almost like a feeling inside of you. But that's not the fullness of intercession, If we want to see God do what he wants to do on the earth, we have to become a praying people who value prayer, who value prayer, who understand the way that prayer moves things. 
I believe it was Spurgeon who said that prayer sweeps the battlefield and buries the bones. It clears the way so that God can come and do what he is going to do, what he wants to do. And he wants to use you and I and our little meager voices to do it. So I want to ask you, are you praying for the people of Ukraine? Are you praying for the people of Russia? Are you praying for the people who are the representatives in NATO? Are you praying for our political leaders? And what do you pray, right? For me, this is what I pray. I ask the Lord to clothe them in wisdom and revelation and insight, that they would find it easy to know the decisions that are the right decisions to be made. I pray that God would bind up the evil forces that are around them. I pray that God would bind up the sinister spirits that are at work trying to bring death and destruction and trying to rob people's freedom. This is how we pray, right? And when we contend and we don't grow weary in our, in our um, contending, we actually begin to see something shift. You may never know the fruit of the prayers that you pray, but that does not mean that they are not powerful and effective. You may never know the outcome of the things that you're praying, but it does not mean that God doesn't need your prayer. I find it interesting that in Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8, Jesus tells this story, right? And, and, and you know this story. And he says, if anybody asks his father for a loaf of bread, is the dad going to give him a stone? And he says, anything you ask in my name, he says, ask and keep asking and it will be given to you. See, what I think happens for those of us that have been walking with Jesus for a long time is we begin to make these assumptions, right? We begin to sort of feel this familiarity with Jesus. And, and, and it's not that we don't reverence him as God or understand his, his deity, you know, his deified nature. But we also begin to kind of lean maybe a little bit too much on his comforting and on his protection. And, and we might take for granted. We might not invite him in. But see, the way the kingdom of God works is it works on invitation. It works, and that's what prayer is. Jesus says, ask and keep asking. Ask and keep asking. I find that interesting because, you know, it would be easier if I could just say, God, would you protect me? And that one prayer is enough and the rest of my life I'm protected completely. Why do I have to keep praying every single day, right? I feel like it's Groundhog Day. Why, why do we have to pray for peace in the world every single day? It feels monotonous. It feels like, like you know, is God forgetting all of the prayer that has gone before? No. It's that God needs partnership to do his will on the earth. Because for this time in this season, until Jesus comes back, the enemy has freedom to run rampant. And the enemy is constantly gaining and, and losing and gaining and losing power to do his will on the earth. And see, I don't think we I just don't think we figured out how this works yet as the sons and daughters of God. Right. We haven't began to understand that we take ground from the enemy, but he will never stop trying to take the ground back from us. That's why we pray. Prayer is an invitation to unite ourselves with Jesus and invite his way into our life in this moment. Yes, he's a good dad. You know, he's not going to give you something that's bad. But you do, to some degree, need to ask. I don't know. Maybe I'm just preaching to myself here for a moment. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking to you as well. But we cannot afford spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, we cannot afford to stop praying. 
to stop asking for God to intervene in our lives, to stop asking for God to clear away the obstacles and the temptations and the challenges that lie before us as we try to move forward in his grace. We cannot forget. Revelation 3, I believe it's 3 verse 20, says it like this. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I've always found it interesting that Jesus' preferred way is to wait to be invited in. That's what he seems to prefer to do. See, he stands at the door of our heart and he waits to be invited in. He is God Almighty, the Savior of the world, and yet he wants you to invite him to become your Savior. It's interesting, right? If he's God, and he is, why doesn't he just sort of take liberties? Because that's not his nature, guys. It's not his nature. And I'm not saying that God won't protect you if you don't pray every single moment. Of course, that's not true, right? I'm not saying that God isn't capable of of having his sovereign will be done on the earth, even if we are not aware of it. No, of course he is. But I also think that that's only one side of the coin. See, we will grow, we will advance, we will come more in line when we use prayer to draw us closer to him in a constant invitation to allow God's way and God's will into our life. See, this is the difference between being a follower of Jesus and being a disciple. Being a follower of Jesus, biblically speaking, is you're impressed by him, you're aware that he is God, you are intrigued by his teachings. But when you become a disciple, he becomes your Lord. He becomes your master. He becomes the ones who calls the shots on your life. We, we come to him by laying our own life down and finding a life in him. That's what prayer does for us, right? It, it invites Jesus to come and realign us with him, maybe even every single day. I don't know about you, but in the last couple of months even, I've just felt really convicted that I haven't been contending in prayer as much as I I used to. And there's all kinds of reasons for that. Some of that, you know, don't need to get into right now. But in my heart, I just began to yearn. Several weeks ago, I just began to yearn to see fruit from my prayers again. To feel like I was pointing my prayers in a specific direction, right? That I was, I was um, connecting with God in prayer in a way that I hadn't in a little while. There's something about neglecting prayer that almost makes us, how do I say this? It, it makes us question the value of prayer, right? Because the more you do it, the more you see the value, The more you engage in prayer, the more that you understand how vital it is for our life. But when we just throw up a quick blessed Jesus on our food before we eat it, we lose sight. We lose sight of the magnitude that intercession and prayer can do in this world. So let me just wrap it up with a few thoughts on the the issue with Ukraine and Russia. God is not against the Russian people. God is compassionate towards the Russian people in the same way he's compassionate to the Ukrainian people. They are all his children. So what does God want, right? That's what we're praying for, God, that your will would be done in that region. 
And when we pray, we pray for the Ukrainians to be strengthened as they protect themselves, for them to, to be protected, that their lives would be spared, that they would come to know Jesus, that God would bless the efforts of the missionaries and the pastors who have stayed behind in Ukraine to care for his people. We, we, we just ask that the Lord would provide supernaturally for them as they are experiencing all kinds of, of lack in this moment, that they would experience not only the abundant supply of God's grace and his comfort and his peace. Oh, God, would you give them your peace? But we also pray, Lord, that they would experience the abundant supply of the provisions that they need, the food and the shelter and the water and the heat and the electricity. And we pray, Lord, that you would spare their lives. Spare their lives in Jesus' name. That their lives would not be lost in vain. And so we pray these ways, right? We, we, we contend with what heaven wants for Ukraine, but then we don't forget to contend with what heaven wants for Russia. You guys, God wants Putin to be redeemed, to be saved, to be delivered God wants the Russian people to be free of the tyranny they have been under for so, so, so long. And so we pray for the, the soldiers of Russia that their eyes would be opened, that they would experience the dynamic love of Jesus, that in their dreams at night, just like God did in the Muslim world all these years ago, 10 years ago, that their dreams would begin to dream of Jesus, that they would be beckoned to the King of Kings even while they sleep. And we ask that their invasive efforts would not prosper. But we also ask that their lives would be spared that they would have a chance to know Jesus before they die, that they would have a chance to get right with the Lord. And then we, we end our prayers asking that God would dispatch his angels to come into that region to contend in the heavens for what God wants. You see, guys, prayer is an invitation. It is a permission for God to do the thing that he wants to do on this earth. When the Ukrainians and when the Russians gather together to pray, it does something in the heavens. And I want to end just with this thought for you today, and that's this, that any time the kingdom of God steps onto this earth, any time that happens, every time it happens, there's a potential for a clash. Because where God's will is happening, someone else's will is not happening. And that does not always happen peacefully. And so we contend and we pray for the will of God. And we contend and we pray for the peace of God. But we know that when the will of God begins to happen, sometimes there is a clash in the natural realm. And we need to be aware of that, right? Some people call that spiritual warfare. Some people call that spiritual backlash. And it's true, but it's not, we don't, we don't move through our life being afraid of that. We don't anticipate it behind every corner. We don't look for it because in doing that, we actually glorify the power the enemy has, but we're also not surprised when it begins to happen, right? We're not surprised. What God is doing on this earth is incredible and he's going to continue to do it in a greater measure. And we can't be surprised when there's natural clash and backlash that happen because of it. So friends, I just want to, to reiterate my final closing thoughts for you. I want to reiterate to you that your prayers matter. Maybe you're not motivated to pray for what's going on in Ukraine, but you are motivated to pray for what's going on in your family. Use these same principles for your own life, for your own breakthrough, for your family, for your job, etc. 
I'm standing with you. Your prayers matter. Don't forget to pray. Thanks for listening. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.